there and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz and I am here, as always, uh, live uh, from the happiest place on Earth, head of development at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? Maddie Myers, I have some problems with you I need to discuss right now. <laughs> oh, awesome. Let's let's do it right now. I mean, I haven't been introduced yet, but now 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 the listeners Georgia, do you have the the Mario coin ready? Like you have to ask. Is okay. this like waterboarding? Am I am I being tortured via coin right now? You know that I hate this the coin. This is like when the, when they play Van Halen for the for the terrorists except it's Mario coins. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. are you ready? Are you Maddie Myers go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. We're gonna have to coin no, that right wow. on out. Yeah, we will. Uh, no, I'm down here at Disney. I'm trying to have a great time down here, and I'm like, I'm out here, and I'm out in the sunshine, and I'm actually talking to that dude that lives in my house, and I'm having the greatest time. And then you have to like go and write a review of Final Fantasy Type Zero, which makes it sound awesome. <laughs> and now I'm not enjoying my vacation. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for my vacation to be over so I can be home in front of my PS4, playing Final Fantasy, and, like, I just don't appreciate that. You know what? This exact same thing happened to when I was in Disney, and someone wrote a review of Life is Strange, and then I couldn't get Life is Strange until I got home a Someone? Later. Was it me? Oh, it was me again. It, yeah, I think oh, someone is... is is going out of her way to uh, <laughs> to ruin people's Disney vacations with reviews of awesome video Listen, games. Listen, I don't want to make any assumptions about who has or hasn't allowed me to go to Disney with them. <laughs> I don't want to make any statements about that. But listeners to this show are familiar with the history of those decisions. So I, I'm, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Anyway. No one knows who I am. Maddie, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Listen, anytime, anytime you want to just kick Frank off the vacation and come down here with me, you and I will go to Universal. We'll go on the Harry Potter ride. We will go to, we'll do the dinosaur ride. We'll do the Himalayan mountain thing. We will do the Rip It Rocket ride. We'll do it all, and we'll have a great time. What so, about awesome. Gatorland? Will you take her to Gatorland? I don't know what any of this stuff is. That's really sad that I don't know, but I don't know because I've never been there before. So That's so sad. We'll have a whole second <laughs> podcast about Disney World after the first podcast. We should. We should call Maddie Myers Can't Go Here. Oh, <laughs> you guys have made this joke before and it's so mean. I'm just going to have to keep reviewing really excellent video games and never leaving my house. That's my payback. Just raking in digital dough, reviewing games. That's it. That's all I do. That's my life now. So, so I guess I guess I'll I'll introduce a ruiner of Disney vacations, assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. So, how are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I didn't review three video games this week, so I got to play whatever I wanted, which was really nice. Yay! So, did you buy Yay! things for your Vita finally? Uh, no. I should have played <laughs> Danganronpa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, do, I know. I know. We actually have to get to the show, but that there. No, we don't. We have. Well, we have. <laughs> We have to talk about that, like, Danganronpa, like, live-action murder mystery that they're doing in San Diego next month. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, some anime convention that they're doing, like, a live, uh, like, you know, one of those murder mystery dinners, except Danganronpa theme, and people are going to find, like, truth bullets and then try to solve the murder, like, at this anime convention. And they, I think they're going to have, like, Monokuma, like, dressed up or something, so... And Monokuma is actually Brie, but that isn't revealed until the end. <laughs> no, don't tell people that. Come on, Maddie. Maddie, I can't go back to prison. <laughs> uh, uh, everybody already knows. 
It's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I was talking to uh, my assistant and I'm like, come on, make it happen. I've got to go. I've got to go. And my schedule's just too packed. So I can't go. So I, I think we need to find like one of those telepresence robots and like send it and like have you participate via oh Skype. Oh my or God. Oh my God. Those things are terrifying. The iPad on it and it's got Bree's face and the robot goes around and like Bree's actually doing a talk somewhere, but she's also a robot at this RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, you work at a real office. I'm like, well, <laughs> us. Like, could you steal one from your office? Like, like my office has like fancy stuff like that. I, I Come on. Come on. Yeah, you know I just got a does. computer that takes less than 15 minutes to boot up. <laughs> I'm not getting a teleconference. Just put in robot. like a, a requisition order for a teleconferencing robot and see what happens. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. I'm sure that okay. one will get approved in uh, 2024. So we also have a psychotherapist by day and senior editor from imore.com by night and a slayer of a gazillion orcs, uh, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? Fear me. Georgia, we need we need some new we need some new catchphrases come from you. Come on. Come on, step it up. Okay. So I watched I watched uh Dark Knight Rises on my run today. So can you can you give me like uh, another banism? Like can you say like <laughs> come on, give me something like that. Like can you say, Do you feel in charge? Can you do that? <laughs> can you say that again? That was pretty good. You did a little accent. Right. Do you feel in charge? Do you know. feel in charge? I totally Yeah, do I, you feel in charge? But you have to sound really intimidating, like Maddie. <laughs> intimidating and sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, you have to put your hands over your mouth. Okay, that okay way I'll, I'll try. I'll tr- <laughs> I can't do sound effects. Wait. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> oh my god, that's so bad. <laughs> Don't no, because Georgia is doing yeah. like a Christian Bale voice. I feel like we need to be giving her <laughs> Batman lines. And okay, then... can you say? Can you say? I'm not afraid. I'm angry. Can you do that in a Christian Bale voice? Can you do that? No, probably not. <laughs> Come on, Dell. Come on. This is the rest of the show. This is this is actually all we have on tap. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna we're totally gonna like make everybody wait till the very end of the show for this announcement that we've been teasing all week. Of course. Week. Yeah, this is a Batman podcast. That's the announcement. Let's do it right now. Let's get it off our chest. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Brie. Me? <laughs> <laughs> this is George's idea. <laughs> should, should I say it in a Batman voice? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, yes, <laughs> Ooh, please do. I don't know. I, I say Bane voice. I say Bane voice. I can't do a Bane voice, though. What about Lex Luthor? Can you do Lex Luthor? Like, just Kevin Spacey. Lex Luthor just has, like, a normal voice. I I would be willing to make this announcement in a southern accent. Oh, I like that. That's cute. We need to get, like, Danielle Riendo to come back and do, do, like, a Rhode Island accent or something. Gonna have to make do with what we have. Steve, you're the host. You should do this. So, right after we started the show, we we became a part of 5 by 5 and that's really been... A, a fantastic experience for us and we are really grateful for Dan Benjamin for taking a chance on us and you know really do, ma- do. sorry <laughs> I have ADD Georgia you can't say while I'm saying something serious I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> can I say random numbers no please don't for the love of God don't you know we've been really thankful to Dan for taking a chance on us and, and we've had a really great experience at 5 by 5 and it's a fantastic network but we've decided to uh to take the show in a different direction and we're really excited to announce that at in the middle of april we are going to be moving isometric to uh relay fm 
Rocket has been on Relay for a few months now, and Bree's been telling us all about, you know, the great experiences that she's had there. Our ratings are awesome. Um, you know, uh, he's been getting us. Mike Hurley is just a fantastic guy. Um, our sponsors have been fantastic. And, you know, something I've talked about a lot, you know, all silliness aside, you know, I'm a, I'm a businesswoman. And I think, like, you know, it's really important to have really good working relationships with, you know, your partners. And Dan has been amazing to us. But, um, you know, it's just like um, we all felt like Relay would be a really good fit for this show. Um, I think they're doing some fantastic programming over there. You know, it's, you know, there are a lot of people that used to be on 5 by 5 that have also moved over to different networks. So, you know, we are, we're just kind of doing the same path that a lot of shows that get started on 5 by 5 follow. And, you know, we're leaving with nothing but great feelings towards Dan. We appreciate him. We we felt honored when he invited us onto his network, um, and we will always have nothing but you know great thankfulness that he took our show when it was very young and really helped us get to this point where we could grow and move in our own direction. And, you know, like, uh, this is a completely amicable split and we're all happy about the work we did here and we're just going to go over here and go in a different direction. So... Yeah. And I mean, we're really, you know, I've gotten, we've all, you know, kind of gotten to know the people over at Relay over the last, you know, year or so. And it's fun to be able to work with your friends too. And yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that we really, we really fit in with what they're doing over there. We're really excited about the kinds of things that they're doing. I mean, Inquisitive has been fantastic. I've been, a, I've been a listener of Virtual for a long time. I'm excited for, you know, maybe some stuff that we can do with Mike and Frederico over there too. We've been talking about doing some, some streaming stuff on Twitch, uh, you know, in, in the near future. So it's going to be a lot of fun and we're really excited about it. What we're going to do is we're going to be redirecting the feed so you shouldn't have to do anything. But, you know, I've been doing this for long enough that, you know, whenever you're doing something with feeds, they unexpected things can happen. So uh, we'll have a post once we're closer to moving over uh, with the new site and the new feeds. And if you want to be sure, or if you're somebody who listens to us on the uh, the five by five master feed, which is not going to be pointed over, then you're going to want to go ahead and resubscribe to that feed, and we'll be cross posting to both while we're in transition. But you know, ultimately, nothing's going to change. We're not changing the show. Uh, the show is going to stay at exactly what you guys are expecting it to be. But we're just going to move it to a new home, and hopefully, that'll be great things for us and great things for Relay. And we're looking forward to uh, to the working relationship together. So. Can I also say we have the most awesome new icon for our show over at Relay. We have fantastic art, and um, we're going to have T-shirts available with our new art you know, very soon. And, you know, guys, honestly, like, you know, we have not done anything like T-shirts or anything like that yet for the show. We were going to do that. We were going to do that the last couple, you know, and then we decided to hold off until we had this new artwork because it's so awesome, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's really we're, – it, we're really excited. So hopefully you guys are excited, too. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to make this as painless as possible. But, you know, again, if you want to be sure, we'll give you the new the new feed to subscribe to. And that way you'll be sure that you're not going to miss a beat. We're going to be porting all the old episodes over as well. So you don't have to worry about holding on to them. They'll, we're going to be porting all the back history over to over to Relay also. There was a question in the in the chat room about that. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's our big announcement. So, yeah, Georgia, Maddie, do you want to say anything about it? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah! I'm pumped. It is going to be awesome. Oh, Charles is asking uh, about the live stream. We are going to be doing a live stream. We'll be doing it uh, over at Relay Servers. So Relay also has 
uh, has live streaming, and we will be doing live streaming on the same schedule. We'll just have to, you know, get that set up, but we will be still be live streaming. We're not going to miss a show, so you guys don't have to worry about that. Like I said, nothing's going to change. Nothing. Yep. Nothing as far as they're concerned. Folks are still asking a lot of questions about resubscribing, but hopefully we'll be able to answer those well, going I, forward. I, I, I am going to put Steve in charge of answering all those questions because I don't understand any of it. Me so. either. <laughs> I will, I will, I'll tell you what. We're not going to talk about this right now. Send me send me uh, messages on Twitter if you have questions about this, about the feeds or anything like that. I will answer all your questions in excruciating detail, 140 characters at a time. Yay! Steve does all the hard stuff on this show. <laughs> We're just here to tell jokes. I, I just put, I just take off my jacket and put it over the mud puddles of technology for the three of you. Aww. Wow. That's so chivalrous. Wow. He, but he might pull sweet. it away wow. right before Yeah, well, I didn't say I was leaving it there. But, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> mm. All right, so to prove nothing's changed, should we start yelling at Nintendo? Yes, Steve. <laughs> no, I'm, yes. I promise. I promise I'm going to be good. I promise I'm going to be good. Yeah, no, before we start this, just, I told, okay, promise me. Okay. I promise you I will be here. I'm actually not upset. I promise you. I Are, promise you okay. I'm not upset. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I need somebody else to explain the topic to me besides Steve, because I, I feel like Steve might be too biased. No, no, I am not biased. I promise you. If, I can, pro- you I want, can report yeah. this. If you want, yeah. if you want yeah. Maddie, I, I could read you. Uh, I, could, I could go through the topic for you. Oh, really? <laughs> no, really, probably George? not. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't take me up on that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not planning to. I'm planning to make Steve do it as per you. Oh, okay, okay, good, good. It was just a bluff. <laughs> so N- Nintendo is uh, getting out of the hardware business and going completely over to free-to-play games. On No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Nintendo announced that they're going to start making games for smartphones this week. And they did that by announcing a partnership with a company called DENA, which has been uh, a... They're not really a brand that a lot of people know here. They've been in Japan for a long time, and and they were the ones who acquired Enji Moko a few years ago, who were one of the early uh, game developers who were in the App Store that did games like uh, like Rolando and Topple and uh, We Rule, and which was one of the first uh, the first free to play games in the App Store. And so they've announced that they're going to be making smartphone games, but they are not ceasing production on any of their their platforms. This is going to be something else that they're doing in addition to making the, the games that we already know for the platforms that, that we know. And they're using D, this partnership with DENA as a way to kind of jumpstart their way into that market. There's been kind of conflict, some conflicting reports about who's going to be doing the development. There originally it was that DNA, that it was just going to be Nintendo IP, and then there was an uh, an interview with uh, Iwata in Time this week where he talked said that Nintendo was going to be taking the lead on a lot of the games, uh, but they also did say that they weren't porting anything. I know Georgia. I know that your husband Anthony. The only time that I, that he tweets at me is when something like this comes up, and he dreams of his of being able to play all of the NES games on his phone. And I have to keep crushing his dreams every single time. But he was really excited. I I, I imagine until, until you replied. Yeah, I know. That's my job is to is to crush people's <laughs> hopes and dreams. Exactly. But so they're they're not. They said they're not going to be porting anything over. They're going to be making games that are based on Nintendo's IP for smartphones. So I'll ask. I have a lot of thoughts. Obviously, I'm not. I'm seriously. I'm not angry about this. Steve, this is your time to shine. You no. you were born for this moment. Go for it. Okay. Just, just let it all out. 
no, I, I don't think that this is I don't think this is a terrible move at all, honestly. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people who are going to be really disappointed uh, because I saw a lot of really terrible reporting this week, or, or I don't even know if it's terrible reporting, but a lot of a lot of headlines that just said, like, you know, Nintendo games are coming to, to mobile, which is technically true, but I think that the, what people tend to think of is, like, the porting scenario. Like, they're going to port, like, Super Mario Brothers to, to iPhones, and, and that's not going to happen. And, and it would be terrible if it happened, because if you've ever pl- tried to play a platformer with more than one button on, on an iPhone, it's a terrible, terrible experience. But I, I, I've always been really kind of worried about them doing this because I was afraid that it was going to be diverting a lot of resources from them working on their own platforms. And that would kind of be a, a slow death for them just because they're already st- stretched really thin and they're the only ones who are developing games for their platforms. But if they're leveraging DNA's expertise to be able to, to do these games and not have to learn the whole free-to-play market from the beginning... I think that's probably the smartest way that they could possibly do this. They've heard from the market for a long time that they have to. I I don't think that it's crazy for them to do that. And if they're going to do it, better that they should be finding a partner who actually knows what they're doing rather than trying to figure it out and ending up with whatever the equivalent of friend codes is for making um making iOS games. I mean, what do you, what do, what was your reaction when you when you saw this? Were you guys surprised by this when it happened? Or, you know, what did, did you think that this was a stupid move? Did you think this was a good move? I mean, I've always it? been ambivalent on Nintendo making this decision. I can see both camps. You know, I don't... You know, I think, Steve, one of the big differences in us is, you know, I enjoy Nintendo products, but I don't really have the same affinity or loyalty to them that you do. I mean, it's just another game system to me. So um, I can see it both ways. I could see, um, you know, my my initial leaning on this was I thought that by moving over to mobile they would jeopardize their their ability to compete on the mobile hardware space. Um, And I do think that that's a risk that they're taking but, you know, I was also, you know, I have an op-ed coming out in MacLife this this month about the, the 12-year-old girl like complaining about how she doesn't see any games with herself like out there. Um, I thought it was very interesting as I was reading that op-ed by her that she doesn't mention Nintendo at all. Like her base assumption for that is games equals apps um, and specifically iPhone apps. So, um, you know, I can I can see the logic of this move. I don't feel strongly about it. Um, I can say having played the games of this company, this kind of free-to-play model that they do, I think they're well-produced games. But I think they're shallow experiences, ultimately. Um, and uh, I, I find myself being a little skeptical about how it's going to work out. But, you know, let's, let's see how it goes. You know, I, I, I'm all for trying to innovate. I mean, Maddie, what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me because it's something that I've seen people speculate about Nintendo doing, especially since folks have talked about them having struggles financially. And, I, and the 3DS has done so well, and it hasn't necessarily competed with the smartphone market, but could it? And, and I feel like this is a debate that I've seen journalists have a lot over the past few years. And I, I actually didn't think Nintendo was ever really going to do it, but I think it's a good idea. So... I, I, that doesn't mean that I think the games are going to be good per se. It just this seems like a good choice since a lot of people already have phones and people who don't necessarily think of themselves as gamers have phones and play a lot of games on them. And that to me means that Nintendo could be meeting a need that exists for the little girl that doesn't see herself in games or just for anybody, for anybody who doesn't see themselves 
as a gamer elsewhere. So I don't, I don't know. To me, it's good to, to see Nintendo doing this. I, I would be open to seeing other developers, publishers doing this kind of move to a different platform that everybody already has. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was pretty shocked because Nintendo does, is not one to collaborate and they don't collaborate well with other companies. So I was really shocked that they were coming in. Yeah. You know, it's not really something that I would ever <laughs> expect them to do. They're very like proprietary, all ours, don't do it, don't join, yeah, don't Yeah, it's share. like a good business move, which on this show we ordinarily <laughs> blast Nintendo for How not doing. Do that? Right, I was shocked that it actually almost, it like made sense it, like, when I read sense. about it. It makes sense, yeah. It's like, wow, that's yeah. actually really very I can pro. see their logic here. What's going wrong? <laughs> Forward thinking. I think that yeah. it's good for them. I think that it gets their name out there to a younger audience so that they get to know what is Nintendo if they didn't already grow up with Nintendo or if they don't have a Wii. So I think that it's good cross-marketing for that. I think that a lot of people are moving away from buying systems and doing something that's cheaper and easier and using their phones. Plus, like kids just, they have and teenagers have their phones always with them. So, you know, I guess that they can, you know, it's just another avenue of revenue and marketing for them. Whether they're going to produce games that are going to be really well worthwhile, I'm sad. I would love to see just all the old NES games just slowly being ported over. That would be a thrill for me, one that I would love to see Nintendo speak to me. Um, be allowed to use my Rob, you know, on my iPhone. <laughs> I don't think Rob has a USB port. You don't think they're going to implement <laughs> I'm that? I'm sure there's that, a dongle. I'm sure that's at the top of the list. Yeah. There must be a dongle for that. You know, there's no engineering reason you couldn't program an <laughs> iPhone to send out the IR signals to Rob's optic don't, sensors really? and make it work. Yeah, there's really? no reason. Yeah, don't, don't get George's hopes up, Bree. Uh, Rob, <laughs> that would be great. I would just like to be able to like make his light, like his eyes blink and look. Nintendo, around. give me some money, and I will create the the Rob dating simulator that Georgia Dallas always dreamed <laughs> of. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my you can you can level up. Yes, but Bree, yes. he might not choose me then. <laughs> no, no, he will. I think I think it's pretty much a lock that he would choose you. Okay, then that's of fine. Of course, Georgia, who wouldn't choose you? Come on, come on. Have you ever met me before? Did you see what I did to that poor, defenseless stuffy? Did you see what I did to Badass. it? Badass! What are you talking about? You that was awesome. awesome. Yeah, come I think on. I broke you my sacrificed elbow. your body. <laughs> In a cool way, though. In a cool way. It was worth right. it. It was worth right. it. Yeah, there we go. Rob, if you're out there, look, I just, if you're listening to the show, Rob, I want you to know, Georgia, Georgia's heart still burns for you. Still. It see, does. See, Bree, this is your it first does. VR game that you need to build. Do you know that people might actually think there's a guy named Rob? <laughs> they might think that. They might think that. We should clarify that there isn't and that Rob is a robot that Georgia has. He's, Rob he's, is a robot the, from 1985. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the robotic operating buddy, Rob. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. a game peripheral from long, long ago. He's also known as 80s Robot from the Muppet movie. So the new Muppet movie. I didn't know. Hmm. There, there you go. That's a little bit of trivia from a, from a movie that Steve has actually seen. So... <laughs> I, you know, it's it's funny because I like apparently the stock market really loved this move and they're like up like twenty five percent since they did it. I just wonder what the reaction is going to be when they first come out with one of these games because it, it feels like the best case scenario of what's going to come out of this is going to be something like Rayman Fiesta Run, which is a good game, but it's not what people think of when they're when they think of games that Nintendo makes. And I think like the worst case is probably something along the lines of like a Pokemon Shuffle or or Puzzle and Dragons uh Super Mario Brothers or something like that 
which is kind of antithetical to what people think of. You know, I mean, I think that that's the reason everybody was so excited is because you're thinking of like a, a Mario game as we know it. And it's going to be a Mario game, but I don't think it's going to be the Mario game that we, you know, that we expect when we think of a Mario game. It's going to be if it is, it'll probably be more like one of those Sonic free to play games that have come out over the last couple of years. I guess that kind of leads into what my question is for this. Like when I think about Nintendo and what they get right, um, it's interface. Well, like UI less as of late, but like the, the control for Mario, it feels really tight. Uh, you know, I've been in line at Disney all week. So, you know, when I play Super Mario 3D Land, it, it just, it feels perfect. And that's, you know, the result of endless iteration on, on these controls over these years. And I find myself tremendously skeptical about how you know, Nintendo's brand of fun is going to translate over to mobile. I mean, is an adventure platformer going to work? No. I mean, what what game types really work well on mobile? You have like endless level up games like Trexels, you know, I, I think that would feel really antithetical to like the, the property. Um, you know, is it going to be like a card collecting game like Pokemon? I can kind of see that working. Um, you know, I, I find myself asking if it's anything that's like an action-y, responsive game type. I, I, I find myself very, very skeptical that that will, will work. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? I feel like it would have to be either a puzzle game, like the recent Toad game that came out, not not for iOS, obviously, or, or something like old-school Pokemon that's very turn-based and very, very simplistic graphics. I could see those working on a phone, but I, I mean, for phone games, I'm like, you got to use the touchscreen in an innovative way, and I don't know that Nintendo has really impressed me on that score. Like they have the Wii U tablet and mostly what I've appreciated using that for is stuff like designing a character and using the stylus to enter in things, but that's not really the same as using a touchscreen on a phone. So, so I mean, I'm skeptical about it, even though I think this is a good move. I, it's still going to be a completely different type of game for them to have to think of developing given it's, they have no experience with this type of thing. Yeah, but I think you can you can look at some of the things that they've done already because I mean Kirby and the Rainbow Curse is something that theoretically could work. Yeah, but you didn't like that. No, game. I think it's terrible, but, I, but it <laughs> well, could work. I was gonna. I was thinking of that game before the show, and I was like, "Well, there's no point bringing that up. That's a terrible game." <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Or the other thing is like I don't know if any of you have played Nintendo Land. I haven't. I'm the- um, they've done some interesting things with the touchscreen on that game and pretty much only that game up until Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Like they have a, a game of an F-Zero racing game where you turn the gamepad mm-hmm. like sideways, like in, so it's like a portrait and then you're using, you're, you're using motion controls to kind of steer the, uh, to steer the car through different courses. And there's like a game where you're flicking like shuriken at things using the touchscreen. So there are some things that they've done with the touchscreen in Nintendo land that could maybe work that, but again, those are really much smaller experiences, but that's the kind of thing that you would want on a, on a mobile device. You're not looking for, you're not, expe- not that you're not looking for it. Cause you, I think a lot of people are, you're not expecting something like a full platformer or like Metroid. Like we're not getting Metroid. Maybe you get Metroid prime pinball. That would be amazing. Uh, I was just thinking that, that as soon as you game. said Metroid, if they put Metroid prime pinball on my phone, I would buy it a second time. I'm just putting that out there, Nintendo. I'm floating that thought out into the universe. If you want to make another Metroid Prime pinball, I will buy that. I'll be all over it. I think that a lot of the old games would work much easier just because, you know, it's one button. 
you know, like just one button kind of joystick D-pad games where you can just hit anywhere on the screen. Like really old? What are you thinking of for that? Like, you know, if we're just doing like a really basic Mario game. Yeah, but even those, even those have two buttons for the most part. Well, you'd move, right? And then jump. Maybe. I don't know about duck. I, I don't know how you would do a duck. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think that stuff is actually a little more complicated than you'd think once you only have a couple controls on a phone. Like, I could see myself playing it with one of those extra plastic things that you stick onto your phone to help you I maneuver. Them, but they're not they're not great, right? They're not great. It's not going to work if you expect people to buy that. It has to be a game that can work with just what the phone already offers. Okay, okay, I have an idea. I have an idea. It's crazy. You get, like, a little tiny joystick that, like, you know, plugs in <laughs> to your phone. And it, it looks like, like an old Atari. There have been people that have talked about that. There have been people <gasps> that have talked really? about that. I don't think Nintendo really? should do that. I think that would be really stupid. I yeah. like it would that be adorable. Idea. That's so cute. <laughs> Here's the reason that that's not going to work. The reason that that's not going to work is that a you can get a 2DS for like $110, right? And the the cheapest iOS controller that you can buy is on Amazon is $50. The people who they're targeting are people who are not willing to spend money on hardware in order to play a Nintendo game. So and and $120, I mean it's not that it's not a lot of money, but the gap between that and like $50 to $60 for one of these iOS controllers and Nintendo's would probably end up being more expensive if they made something. And then you're also shrinking the market that those games can target if you're expecting people to pay that because the whole point of going to mobile is that you have like 100 million or whatever users who you can target mm-hmm. and if you only need each one of them to give you a little bit of money but if right. you're sh- if you're requiring them to have hardware then you're shrinking that market right back down to where you are when you're working on your own dedicated hardware right and that's the problem you're you're absolutely right the problem also is that you know who brings their their little controllers around like i have the little zings and and the other ones but i just don't i don't carry them around in my purse and so i don't have them with me and if i want if you want to play the game you're not going to want to like but it would look so cute look at the friend code thing and the friend code situation is just a symptom of Nintendo's justifiable, justifiable extreme need for control. And, you know, because Nintendo doesn't need to be XBLA, let's be honest. But, <laughs> you know, if Nintendo is at the behest of, like, let's say they just limited it to Apple phones. I love that you use the word behest. Say it again, Brie. <laughs> All for you. Behest. Oh. Behest. <laughs> no, um, you know, if if they have to like be dependent on Apple for software updates or hardware updates or you know RAM considerations, like this isn't going to work for Nintendo. It's so it's got to be like this has to be like the gateway drug approach. You know, like they have just a taste of the the Mario universe and IP to kind of get you know kids like that twelve year old girl that wrote that fantastic column for the Washington Post to kind of say like, hey here are these games over here. Like, do you want to consider this system? And I do think that it can, I think if they do it right, I think it can work. So. Yeah. I think the other thing that they're going to have to get used to, which is going to be really interesting is there was a story like a month ago where square had, um, the world ends with you on iOS. And apparently it had been broken since iOS eight launched. Yeah. And they left it on the store. And, and until one of the – I forget who it was who wrote the article started, like, pestering them about it. And then they finally took it down in February and while people were still buying it while it was broken. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that can really damage a brand too. 
And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see them have to negotiate things like iOS updates that there are not in their control. And if things are broken, what are, are you know how they're going to manage that? Because it's something that that the other video game companies, I mean, Square clearly was not managing that very well, and and it left. I mean, I don't know how much it damaged the brand, but Square's charging like eighteen dollars for that game. That's probably a pretty small market that's willing to spend eighteen dollars on an iOS game. But if Nintendo puts out a game for two dollars and then that's broken, that's a lot of people that they're gonna that are gonna be upset, that are gonna have a bad taste in the brand. There's a lot of ways that they can go wrong and hurt the brand in the process, which is why I'm glad that they're working with DNA, even though, you know, that's might not be my first choice for who they would be who they would partner with, but at least they're not trying to do this like from scratch and try to figure it out because we know that that would be a complete disaster there you go do you do you feel like you got your nintendo i did i i did did i yell i didn't yell steve i just want you to be okay i just want you to be okay (laughs) (laughs) no this is have we talked about this the reason the reason that i that i get no seriously the the reason that i get worked up about this is is because they are the only ones right now who are playing games that i can play with my kids i hear you so that's why i get I get irrational about them because if they go away, then it's going to be all Skylanders in my house all the time. And, you know, that's, that's why I get worked up about it because, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot and we don't need to get into it right now, but I mean, really there's not even games that are being made that I can play around my kids a lot of the time now, like, like any AAA stuff. I mean, most of it is, you know, rated mature stuff that I can't play in front, even in front of them, like let alone with them, like forget about co-op. But just like games that I can play and have them be able to walk in front of the screen and have me not have to turn off the game. Steve, I could think of 20 games easily that don't have objectionable content for children. I mean, there are plenty of games out there that aren't Grand Theft Auto. I do think, no, I that, know. you know, with your particular daughters, I think you have an an edge case. But I, I don't know. I, I I think that there are other companies out there making no, there you know, are. content that families can consume. You Though know, you besides always Nintendo. know that Nintendo will be child friendly. Like, you don't have to Nintendo question is, it, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Like, there's no games that are inappropriate. Uh, uh, Bayonetta, <laughs> Bayonetta two. Well, no, I mean, that's that, not that everything is going to be yeah, inappropriate, fair, but fair. they're making more games that I can play with them than anybody else is. I mean, there's really, especially co-op that you can play with kids. I mean, it's basically Lego and Skylanders and Nintendo games. I think this is where it gets into some parental thing, and I just don't even understand. And I, and I, I don't, don't understand. I don't understand the neurocognitive priorities in your mind, and it, it's just like, so I'm just going to shut my mouth. <laughs> I'm just going to shut my mouth okay. and be over here playing Bloodstorm 4, which is great. <laughs> you know... It's funny. I keep hearing the word. I keep hearing the name Bloodborne, and I keep thinking of Bonestorm from The Simpsons. That's yeah. I said Bloodstorm, but yeah. Anyway, same game. It's the same. Yeah. Game. You so like Steve. You realize like in a few years, your kids are gonna cross over the barrier into being old enough to play those games themselves, yeah. right? Like, isn't that gonna horrify you once they're like twelve and thirteen, and they're like, Dad, I want to play Mortal Kombat, and I want to make a Sonya Blade cosplay, and you'll be like, Oh my God, what's happening? What do I do? I can't wait for those yeah, shows. But he's gonna be one. Of, he's gonna be a good dad. He's gonna be like, I'm gonna help you make it. Yeah, if that's, that's what good. they want to do, you know. You see, I yeah. see Steve with the nail polish, learning how to do the French braid. Awesome. I don't like, know I about see that, him as a hands-on. But... You, you have to wear the nail polish. So, Steve, the next me? time I come over, I can, I can suggest a Bayonetta cosplay to your, your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Aunt Priest got some ideas, kids. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> 
you you laugh about it now, but like in a few years, that is going to be the kind of thing that your kids will be interested in, for better or for worse. Yeah, so, no, and that's, and you know, as long as as long as they're ready for it at the time. Yeah, I just mean like this problem is going to solve itself. So by the time Nintendo goes out of business, it's fine. They'll be playing Grand Theft Auto in front of you by then. It'll be no big deal, man. And that'll be and that'll be fine. So I just need Nintendo to hang around for like five years. I don't, want Nintendo, I don't want Nintendo to go out of business. I believe this whole Nintendo, I believe this whole kids thing is just a pretext for you to like get your Nintendo love on. That's what I believe. I think it's like all the big. It's not plot, about your kids so you at can, all. Like, yeah. yeah, right. It's not about the kids <laughs> at all. It's like Steve had kids, so he could look, look. We can go play like all these games together. Right? I'd like sworn yeah. off the Nintendo right before the DS. Like I was done with them. I was completely done with them. And then I don't know what the hell happened to me, but <laughs> all right. I, I, I've I've had my breakups with Nintendo, and and okay. yeah. Anyway, we should we should take a break and uh, and thank our sponsor for this show, which is Lynda.com, uh, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. Uh, for a 10-day trial, visit Lynda.com slash isometric. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash isometric. Uh, Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Uh, maybe you want to master Excel, learn some negotiation tactics. Uh, build a website or boost your Photoshop skills, uh, you can go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. If you're thinking about getting into game development, they have a lot of really cool courses on Unity, on getting started in 3D animation, uh, 3DS Max 2013, Maya 2015. Huh. I, these these sound like super complicated programs that I wouldn't want to try on my own, but um, you know, lynda.com has some great courses that'll help you get started. I, Brie, you, you, those sound like... Yeah, you would pick, have either, pick either Maya or Max. Don't fall into the the Blender trap. I see a lot of people like because Blender's free. You know, they tell themselves that like, oh, this is just as good. No, like use a use the the Learning Edition. Like use your student ID. If you're a high school student, you can go get a copy of Maya or Max. You know, for free. Uh, get in there and start learning it. Like uh, the truth is, no college is going to be able to teach you initiative. Uh, the kind of initiative that you need to learn these programs. And I want to encourage Linda um, to please get out there. Like there's a, a professional need. And I've heard a lot of people talking about this, that we need the ability, um, we need classes on how to program Rob with our iPhones by, by having, <laughs> yeah. having signals come yes. out there. So, yes. you know, Linda, please make that happen so I can make my dream of irritating Georgia come true. Well, maybe maybe you can control Rob with your watch. You can send like you can send horrible pictures to George's watch, and that'll make Rob come to life. Whoa! Oh, Are we day? catfishing Georgia? That We're day? catfishing Georgia now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Rob would be turning to give Georgia a hug, and oh, then I'd push my Rob. Apple Watch and be like, "No, I'm going to hug Brianna instead." And it oh, would be awesome. Oh, oh my god, that's just cruel. Yeah. That's cruel. I'm I would sorry. cry. And then, and then you and then you make him laugh like the duck hunt dog. <laughs> wow get on it linda make it happen no. so with the, with the linda.com membership you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching you all these new skills uh you can stream thousands of video courses on demand you can learn on your own schedule uh at your own pace and the courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or you can just uh, fit in a little bit here and there when you have time um you can browse you can browse the transcripts along with the courses or you can search for an answer and just skip to that point 
Um, you can take notes in Lynda and then refer to them as you go later on. Uh, you can download the tutorials to your iOS or Android device, and you can create playlists of courses you want to watch. So you can just set up a whole course. If you have a, a plane ride, just go and learn something new on the in the air. So your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics for one flat rate. So whether you want to become an industry expert, you're just passionate about a new hobby, or you just want to learn something new, uh, visit lynda.com slash isometric and sign up for your free 10-day trial. And thank you very much to lynda.com for sponsoring isometric. You're getting really good at that, Steve. Can can you sell me? Do you have anything on your desk right now? You could you could give an ad read. For I have me? I, I have clutter. Can I sell you some clutter? All right, all right. Here, let me try. Let me try to do the lubits here. Let me oh oh my god, no! Right. So, Is that the new dance craze that's sweeping the nation? Yes. So we're very happy to have Best Western Plastic Cup to sponsor our show this week. Best Western Plastic Cup is an industry leader in drinking, <laughs> sipping, and swallowing your drink with some of the, the best polycarbonate material in the entire industry. Learn something today with the Best Western Plastic Cup. Thank you oh for God. sponsoring our show. <laughs> Maddie, could you please tell us about Final Fantasy Type Zero? Oh, no. Well, that was so good. I want Final Fantasy Type Zero is not sponsoring our show this week. Could you, could you sell Final Fantasy Type Zero after that? Uh, no, I can't. But I, I can try. I don't think I can do it Lubitz style. Oh. It's about teens. That's the show name. Sad teens Lubitz. in trouble. Teens falling in love. Teens turning to one another in times of war and times of high school to join forces and learn about their own magic powers. So it's basically a CW show. Yes. Did you read my review? It's okay if you I did. didn't. I did. No, I did. Of course I, did I read too. your review. Oh Reading is God, not required not. for this show. I, no, I, no, no, no. I, I, I felt like I made too many jokes in that review about like how young adulty the game is. I, so I just wanted to make sure that Steve knew that that was what I already thought about this game. But I, I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm all about the teens in trouble. I I I mean I love Harry Potter. I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love No, there's it. nothing wrong with Harry Potter. I like Harry Potter too. I like the Hunger Games. I like all that stuff. And this game is very much in that vein, I think, cuz it's about um well I I would say a lot of Final Fantasy games are about like supposedly 18-year-olds even though they all look 25. Um they're all supposed to be teenagers most of the time. But in in this game they're very young, like 14 and 15 and 16 is sort of unusual because they're they have these very innocent problems at school with like socializing with each other but then they also are leading battles and armies which is absurd and, and very hunger gamesy so so i got i got really into that part and um if you're like me and you like walking around the hallways and talking to every single person a million times and talking to all the Moogles and doing all the side quests, at least when it comes to this type of thing, which I very much do, um, you will really enjoy this for sure. Because I, I don't know, I, I, I loved it. <laughs> it was great. The end. I'm not sure which part to talk about. Do you want to hear about the combat or do you want to hear more about teens? I, can I ask some questions about it? Because I desperately want to play it, and I, I haven't I know. Yet. I feel like I have to, like, lay it all in line for you now. Like, have you been watching Let's Plays and stuff? Or, like, like how you're not trying to spoil... So I shouldn't spoil anything. No, no, I mean, I guess my biggest worry with this title is, you know, it came from a PSP title. Yeah. I was expecting it to be 
like not good <laughs> based right. on the fact that it was a PSP title. I had very low expectations for it. Because the PSP is very, very RAM constrained. Very ramp constrained uh, and very polygonally restrained. So you know, um, I mean, how does the game look? Does it do the mechanics really work well on a controller? Like I've noticed, Final Fantasy games on portable tend to be like shorter chunk games. Do you know what I mean? Like play fifteen minutes at a time, like split up into segments. So does it work as a PlayStation game? I think. It works well enough as a PlayStation game that it's hard for me to imagine it having worked on a PSP. Um, I It was only available on the PSP in Japan, so that isn't how, at least from what I understand, I, so I hadn't played that version of it, but um, I only played this version. The, the main complaint that I had about it visually is that the characters' facial expressions don't move as much as I wish they would. I, I feel like you can probably speak more to this, Brie, when you see it, but just as a lay person who doesn't know what she's talking about, I got the impression that they updated a lot of the textures, but didn't necessarily do any new animations for the faces. And since there are a lot of zoomed in shots on people in conversations, I would have liked it if they had been more animated, but um, like in terms of their gesticulations and movements and so on, there would be lots of times when people be having a serious conversation, but they'd just be standing in one place do you know what I mean? Yes. So, so that is something that I think is a carryover from the fact that it was a handheld game. But I feel like there were enough characters who I liked that that was enough to push it over for me. And I did care about what happened to them. And so even though their faces look kind of blank, it was mostly like a charming, funny thing that I was willing to laugh at as opposed to something that ruined the game for me. Um it it is a it is a flaw though. I just feel like fixing something that big would have taken so much more design time. And it already took them a few years to make this available. And and overall, like the combat I would say feels really good to me. I did complain a little bit in the review about how you can't change the settings on the controller at all. They've pretty much decided like two different ways for the controller layout to work. And if you don't like either one of those, you're screwed. You you have to go with one or the other. And um, that was kind of annoying to me. I would have liked it if I could have kind of set up my own controls. That, that's coming in the new, um, the new firmware that's coming soon. They're going to okay, allow good. you to remap buttons to whatever you want. And they, they, told, they touted that as an accessibility thing, but I'm, yeah. actually, I'm actually really excited about that. I'm excited about that as someone who actually uses the Vita for remote play because I don't actually make a lot of games that are currently unusable for the mm. Vita in remote play playable. So I, if I do play this, I'd probably wait for that. It's also going to come with the actual sleep mode where you can just put it to sleep and then it'll wake up again right where you left off as opposed to the crappy rest mode that it has now. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's just No, 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 else. it's fine. Yeah. So can I, ask, can I ask another question about it? Like, yeah, sure. One, one of the things that really worries me is you know I've played a lot of a lot of Japanese games at this point and you know I think one of the reasons Hunger Games and Divergent to a lesser extent and Harry Potter work is I think they're very kind of western um high school stories mm-hmm. um where the people are very three-dimensional and you know, very specifically like Hermione isn't you know sexed up in Harry Potter or you know it's the same thing with Hunger Games like Katniss is always 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 a person first like she passes the Maddie Myers test um, you know it concerns me because 
you know, like Final Fantasy is generally good about the way that they portray characters, but I'm worried if it's going to have a high school vibe that they're going to, do you know what I mean? Kind of get into that weird uh, kind of Japanese harem thing, high school thing that I've seen done so many times. Like, does it have any overtones like that? Like, I mean, how do they treat the women in the, in the game? I mean, well, there's this core group of 12 students who the game revolves around and 12 is honestly a bit much, but there are six girls and six boys, which I thought was a nice choice that they just specifically set out and were like, these are our group of protagonists and we're going to split it 50, 50. And, um, they also like, there, there are two specific characters who like have a sort of, will they, won't they love story at the beginning and, and you sort of follow them, but you don't have to per se, if you don't care about any of these story elements, you obviously don't have to engage with them. You can just play the game without, doing any of the social elements if you if you just like combat i i feel like if anything my criticism is that the characters don't feel human not in a sexist way but in a they overstretch themselves way because 12 characters is so many characters that i felt like i couldn't really get to know anyone and instead the characters are more of a collection of classic archetypes not not in a way that i felt was insulting or reductive per se it was more just that i was like i can't really get to know any of these characters i just recognize which types they are supposed to be and um i would i would compare it more to like a a dating sim in in tone and square also like released a joke version of the game that was a dating sim because i think they're aware of that feel in the game and um i i don't i don't know i i would I would definitely say that it relies on archetypes and cliches, but I kind of expected that going in. So I wasn't disappointed by it. I wasn't expecting it to be on the same narrative level uh, as like a, a final fantasy game. That's like in the main storyline, this is more of like a spinoff game. So I I didn't expect that much, but I also only gave it like an eight out of 10. I, it, it didn't, blow me away in terms of the narrative i just was like this is cute and fun and it's making me happy but it's not like blowing my mind you know what i mean at this point i'm so desperate for final fantasy i would <laughs> happily take an eight out of ten I, you and i differed i didn't like lightning returns though i yeah. do intend to go back and and give that a second shot at some point um, i mean i really like lightning as a character and that is a controversial thing like i know a lot of people who are like lightning is too stoic she's too monotone and like i don't know why but i relate to lightning (laughs) and like that is what saved those games for me and i mean in this case like i would definitely say there isn't even a character who i related to as much as lightning like there were some characters that i liked but there was no one character in this game that i was like this is the one i relate to that isn't how I felt about the game. It more felt like a fun soap opera-y diversion. And also, we haven't talked about the combat at all, but I really, really enjoyed the combat mechanics of the game enough to make the game an eight for sure because I just really enjoyed them and I thought it was really well designed. And the fact that the there's... Um, an easy difficulty level in this version, which I guess there actually wasn't in the PSP version. And that's something that people complained about that it was too hard. Um, so you can, you can switch it down to easy, which I was happy to do because screw the grind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I care more about the story. I care more about the story, at least when it comes to stuff like this. So I was happy to switch it down to easy. And when things got too hard and that made it a lot more enjoyable for me and, um, allowed me to just find the combat to be fun as opposed to irritating. 
I would really love if video games or and even movies would create all the characters to their story and then like roll a random dice whether the characters would be male or female. Yeah. Because I wonder how and that would change. And then like adapt it and be like, how is this going to change how oh, they're man. treated I'm and thinking stuff. about the production costs involved with that, but yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, either way, you have to have a script. Nah. Throw scripts out, I say. <laughs> we don't need writing anymore. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding, obviously. I'd be out of a job. Um, but <laughs> I, I agree and I disagree. Like, I agree in the sense that there are a lot of times when I play games and I'm like, I don't know why there aren't any women in this game. Cough, Final Fantasy 15 demo, cough. But I don't necessarily think that that is what made Final Fantasy Type Zero work because I feel like they kind of did roll the dice with a lot of these characters. Like, they came up with a bunch of archetypes of what high schoolers would be like and they were like, all right, make six of them guys and six of them girls. And I appreciated it. Because I think that all high schoolers have a lot of stuff in common and like have similar anxieties. But also I didn't like feeling like everybody was completely interchangeable because that meant that nobody really got characterized in any strong way. So I don't know if that's a criticism of the way that gender is treated in the game or just the fact that there's 12 freaking characters in it. And that's too many for a party. I don't know. It's a weird choice. You have small parties. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think eight would have been a good choice for this. Eight feels like about right, especially given that there's so many other external characters in the game who you don't play as at all, right, like right, just people yeah, who right. you meet. Um, and you also have to remember who they are and keep, keep up with what their, their deal is and their problems. And then plus, in addition to that, you also have these 12 core characters who you're leveling up the whole time. That's a lot. That's a lot of characters. Yeah, it's a lot for you to be able to care about. I, I'm, I'm thinking back to like the first couple of hours of Danganronpa, like when you're trying to keep all the characters straight and they all have, mm-hmm. you know, na- names that are just Japanese these names that are unfamiliar and kind of easy to mix up and and yeah. it's hard to you know keep them all straight and figure out who's who until you know they finally start killing a few of them off but so would i as someone who generally as we know doesn't play final fantasy games and but does enjoy television shows on the cw would it would this be something <laughs> that i would enjoy um i'm not sure i i think you have to enjoy the combat i mean that's true for all final fantasy games right like that is such a huge part of the game that if you don't like it and you're just there for the story then you should probably just play had a full boyfriend or something no i'm not doing that i'm not doing that sorry okay well you're missing <laughs> out um but I or danganronpa maybe is a better example if you just wanted the story uh but for this a lot of it is combat, even though I'm barely talking about that at all. Like, it, it is combat. It is tactical. It is, like, going into the woods and getting a specific potion ingredient so that you can go back and, like, mix the right spell. And it is organizing your weapons in a ton of menus. So if you don't like menus, then that's going to be a barrier to entry for you. And, and Steve, I don't know how into that stuff you are. Personally, I'm not super into it. I, I've never been that into that part of RPGs, and it's why I have so much trouble completing latter-day pokemon games because i just get so friggin bored um but to me like the story is enough for it and i felt like the actual act of combat was fun because there's like this thing where you can lock onto enemies and time your attacks to exactly when they're in the right attack animation and plus there's a dodge mechanic that reminded me a little bit of bayonetta's witch time not really but like just enough that while i was playing it i was like this is a little bit like bayonetta and like there are some really cool female characters in it that like have really cool attacks and weapons so for me that was enough 
to keep me going. But I don't know if that would be true for you. You might get really bored. Is it anything like the the combat system in Child of Light? No, it's not. It's live. It's not turn-based at all. I mean, not that Child of Light is turn-based exactly, but Child of Light has like lining up, planning out that kind of organizational attacks. This isn't that at all. It's it's like real-time action, dodging. It's more like, it's definitely not as difficult as Bayonetta, but it, I would m- be more close to compare it to Bayonetta than, than not. So more like the Mario, maybe like the Mario Luigi games a little bit? Oh, I haven't really, which... Like, I don't think I've played like, those. Uh, like Sticker Star or Superstar Saga or... Maybe, like the, I don't the know. Ones that are, the ones that are RPGs, they're kind of turn-based combat, but it's also real-time because you have to like press A at a certain time when they're attacking you to no, dodge No, it's, it. it's like not turn-based at all. It, oh, there's really? nothing turn-based about it at all. It's it's just all straight up, everything's happening. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to watch a Let's Play or something to get an idea of what it is then. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's an action game. Like, this is, I mean, this is part of why I was like, it's cool to discuss this on the show, even though I'm just going to be reiterating my review. Um, because this game and the Final Fantasy XV demo, which is included in it, are both not at all turn-based RPGs. They're both, they also have some strange similarities. Like, I would say the dodge mechanic in Type-0 feels really good to me, and I really hated the dodge mechanic in the Final Fantasy XV demo. Some people loved it, whatever, to those people. Um, But the point is, like, implementing these, like, live action fight styles in Final Fantasy with dodging, which I think of as being something for Bayonetta-style games, more complex combo focused games it feels very strange to me and i mean obviously i i'm sure the rest of you have also seen a lot of anger on the internet from people being like what is and isn't a real final fantasy game and do these games count as being part of it because they're so they feel very different how is the final fantasy 15 demo I uh, I like didn't like it as much as everybody else did, and I feel like a jerk because I didn't like it that much. Well, I mean, my obvious biggest worry with it was no women, and the reason you know I've talked many times. A question I get all the time is Brianna, why did you get interested in software development? Final <laughs> Fantasy and and women are are a lot of the reason why. I mean, seeing Celeste and Terra and you know Rida in Final Fantasy four um, that was very emotionally powerful for me. So. Yeah, I'm very concerned about this. I know Alexa over at GameSpot was talking about how the one girl in this Sid is very over-sexualized. Yeah, they like gender-swapped Sid, and now she's Sydney or Cindy in the American version, even though Sydney's also a girl's name here. Whatever. Don't tell tell them that. They don't know. Um, But uh, the first time you see her, she's bent over your car with like her butt on display for you, and she will not change positions until you are ready for her to change. Like you can walk all the way around her body in a circle and look at her in that position before you decide to talk to her and press X. And then she flirts with you. It's absurd. And like, that's the only woman in the whole demo. And that seriously disappointed me because I was like, I don't understand who this is for. Like, I don't, it just felt really weird. Like, I don't really think of Final Fantasy as doing that type of thing like that doesn't mean that there aren't still situations where they're very conventionally attractive women wearing bikinis like that happens in final fantasy all the time but usually they also characterize them in an interesting way like i think riku is a very interesting and cool character she wears a bikini a lot of the time but like that's okay i i don't i'm willing to forgive that because i think she's very cool 
Wasn't it a Final Fantasy game that in the Japanese version you could get a special ticket and all of the dancers in a special room would be like topless? Yeah, I mean, like there's some things. There are, and, there are some stuff that's been in. And like that is that's disappointing to me. And I have seen like a lot of arguments on the internet about this too, and a lot of statements from people being like, well, no women are playing this game anyway, so it doesn't matter. And like, uh-huh. I frankly don't think that's true. Like, I actually think there are a lot of, like, queer people who play these games and women who play, straight women who play these games. And, like, to include content like that and not acknowledge that those segments of your audience exist, I don't know. It seems like a mistake. But I, that aside, I also think the combat in Final Fantasy XV, I just did not care for it. So I really hope they polish it up. The stuff that I didn't like, like the dodge mechanic, is at least fixable. I don't think that Sydney's characterization is fixable, though. That seems like it's unfortunately set in stone. Hmm. So, that's a bigger heartbreak to me than the fact that I wasn't as into the mechanical aspects of the demo, because I feel like that's something that might change, which is really friggin' sad that I say that about games. Like, I can expect them to change the combat, but I can't expect them to, like, allow Sydney to act like a person. I don't know. Like, it would have been great if she had stood up from your car and then been, like, really insulting towards you for looking at her. Like, what are, what are you looking at? Yeah, like, they could have done literally anything. But instead, she stands up and immediately flirts with you and offers you the repairs to your car for free while making sexual innuendos. Like, yeah. call me anytime, boys. And, like, I hated it. It was like she had fully presented herself as an object across the board with no characterization of her as being a person whatsoever. Like, that's it. That was all there was. And I think the difference is, like, Chocolina is definitely a sex symbol, too. But I think the difference is, you know, there are a range of women in you know the Final Fantasy thirteen series. You know, it's not like you're one token girl. And I guess we don't really know what Stella is going to be yet. You know, Stella Knox. But I don't know. It's just, it's just gross. It's gross for them to kind of erase women from Final Fantasy altogether. And you know, and how this. And you know, I have to say. I know so many women that are so passionate about Final Fantasy. I mean, I can't, I honestly, I can barely think of any women I know that aren't really, really, you know, that work in the industry and aren't really into the series. And I just feel like this fan base is so loyal that I just, I, I, I want to be open-minded about it and you know i want to give it a fair shake because i think open world final fantasy could be very interesting but it just the initial concept is just blech you know like it's just it's awful so i I mean i guess the only thing that you you know you can kind of take as a ray of hope is that the bravely default demo was particularly terrible also and bravely default ended up being a pretty good game so hopefully they just did a bad job with the demo because they felt like they had to put something out after as long as this has been in development i think it's yeah i mean i think it the way that i described it to some people earlier today just in conversation was that i felt like the entire demo was playing it safe like really safe narratively there were no risks being taken like to present the one female character in that particular way to have all these male characters and to introduce absolutely no complexity about their lives they're all just complete stereotypes like i felt like the demo was afraid to like go there in any sense like there was nothing about the demo that i was like boy that's really surprising narratively for me like it was actually just by the books across the board and there's like 
a video at the end of the demo that's like supposed to introduce new plot information, but it was mostly just vague, confusing stuff that nobody knows what it means yet. So even that wasn't that exciting for me, really. I just, I'm disappointed because I feel like the demo could have introduced something weird or cool, but instead they chose to play it really, really safe in terms of video game tropes. Hopefully the game will actually be better when it comes out in 10 years. or Yeah, it's not going to be out for a bajillion years, so even talking about it feels really silly, but whatever. I was hard on it anyway. Games journalism. Um, So, Georgia, what are you playing this week? Oh, I am playing, and I'm really excited about it. I'm playing uh, on iOS. I'm playing The Room 2, which is really cool. It is a beautifully created puzzle game. And so you have to solve these little cute puzzles in order to travel through the room, and it's a little bit scary. It looks beautiful. The sound effects are great. And what I love about it is in a lot of games that you play when you're playing a puzzle game is that it's really hard. The puzzles can – you can get stuck on a puzzle, and it's really frustrating. But it gives you a hint. And plus, the hint is not the answer to the puzzle. So they'll give you three hints, and it's not right away. You have a little bit of time to wait for it. And so then they give you a little bit of a hint, like maybe it's, you know what, did you look on the side of the corner? And so then you go to the side of the corner, you try to figure out if you can't figure it out, then it gives you another hint. And so you don't get that frustration, yet you still get the fun. And it only, the hints are just a little taste of what you might not have thought of to let you get a hint to move forward. And it's just a stunning game. I, this is a game that I play and I, I let my kids watch and they try to help me figure out the puzzles or what to save for the numbers or where should we plug them in and what we should move and like it also has some really cool it's very steampunky and that they have like you know this really cool box that when you twist something out it comes out with all the gears showing and then some other piece comes out from that and it has sound effects that work for it and it's a fabulous game uh for ios yeah valiant hearts had that had that same kind of system where it would give you like three hints of like increasing obviousness and it i, I think i need that in order to play a game like that because i i will feel really stupid if I don't get something like that, and then I just go to walkthroughs, um, and then I start wondering if I should even be playing the game because I'm just spending my whole time reading walkthroughs. So yeah, exactly. This game will not have you have that, and if you enjoy doing a puzzle game, I found it. It's just super fun. Hmm. So Bree, what are you playing? Uh, waiting in line at uh, for rides at Disney World. <laughs> Persona Q. <laughs> I'm still playing Persona Q for a game that you hated. You're surely you're sure spending a lot of time playing it. Well, that's because she hates it. It would have been done if she loved it. No, I didn't like it at first, and I got into it. It's, it's. I love this game so much. I bought a new 3DS for it. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm super into this game. Um, also, Frank and I are having the uh, World Series Peggle Championship. So every year when we go on vacation, um, we have a very complex Peggle Championship. Does he even have a chance, Bree? Uh, he has not won one yet, so um, you know. There we go. Right now, I am up. Right now, I'm up three games to nothing. What are you? What are you playing this on? Did you bring your Xbox with you? No, no, no. We we're playing Peggle One on the iPad, which is a really oh, okay. good version of it. So, um, yeah, which is a, another thing because, like Georgia, I love my iPhone Six Plus. I think it's the most amazing oh, thing they've ever shipped, and um, I barely ever use my iPad now except for Peggle, which I'm having to carry around all week. Uh, but yeah, um, honestly, I'm, I'm really something I'm really trying this week to get serious here is. 
I'm trying to be very present in the moment and kind of get away from people screaming at me on Twitter. Um, I was Beautiful. looking at my Twitter stats. Um, I posted like a third as much last week as I did the week before. Good it's going to be even yeah. less than right now. Good for you. So, and I'm, I'm just trying to stay present in, you know, hanging out with my husband. So, um, Beautiful. Who believes he has a chance to win this championship? <laughs> very falsely, I might add. He's very wrong. He's going to go down in flames, and I'm going to quote it. about it on this show next week. Um, no, I, I would hope that, like, isometric listeners, I mean, one of the weird things about getting, having a podcast is people really get to know you. So um, I don't know. I, I would hope that they'd be able to hear how much happier I am after some time off in my voice. So Yay! You're going to feel even better after you beat Frank. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah. Uh. So, Maddie, what are you playing other than, you know, Final Fantasy? Um, okay, so two two other games. Uh, I, I'll just mention both of them because I don't know, guys. I'll be super quick about the first one. Um, so I didn't have to review something this week. So I finally got to play two games that I've been meaning to play for a really long time. So they're both old. Uh, one of them is King of Fighters. The most recent one is 13, I think. I bought it a really long time ago. It came out in like 2010, I want to say. I have only a passing familiarity with King of Fighters. It's a fighting game. Uh, and I, I think it's fun to just learn different styles of fighting games from time to time. Just like do a deep dive and see what's happening. And... Um, I've been really sad that I haven't been able to play this and I, I finally had some time to do it this week and it was really fun, really weird to play it after playing Street Fighter a bunch. Uh, I don't know if y'all are, are familiar with this one at all, but there's a there's basically, you can choose three fighters sort of like Marvel vs. Capcom except that um, much like in Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, the, the health carries over. It's not like three separate battles. You, but But every time you die there's this very long screen in between the fighting switching over. And so if you're losing or winning, I guess it can be very torturous <laughs> because you like watch yourself losing very slowly because of all of these winning and losing screens that you see. And, um, that can be good or bad. It feels really good if you're winning because you're like, yeah, you're going down. And now here's this huge screen that we're going to wait through in which you're dying. And like that, that it's so, it, it was weird how old school that felt to me. And it's only like five years old, but it, it looked so, I don't know. It looked so old school. And I, I was sad cause I looked it up and I guess they haven't made any King of Fighters games since then. And I couldn't really figure out why that is but i guess it's because the market is saturated with all these other types of fighting games but um is snk still even making games i haven't heard i don't think so i mean they just like faded into the faded into the sunset i guess so it's kind of too bad because i i really enjoyed the game but i mean it it looks very old and blocky in comparison to the other fighting games that i play at this point uh but yeah i don't know so anyway the other game that i played and also really like off the charts enjoyed this week is a game that a bunch of people picked as their game of the year in 2014. And I did not get the chance to play it and felt really guilty about it. It's called 80 days. Have you all heard of this? Yeah, it's an I've iOS heard of that. game. I haven't played it. I haven't played it yet either, but I've heard a lot of people. Oh, it's so friggin' good. And I was like upset about how good it was because I feel bad that we didn't talk about it on our show, but whatever, we can't play every single game. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It was, it's so amazing. It's like, like, really? What is it like? 
I don't even know. Okay, so it's got <laughs> it's got like everything that I like about a game, and somehow it's on my phone, which is huh. bonkers. It has strategy and like resource management, so that like gets my StarCraft muscles going. But then at the same time, it has like conversation dialogue and like deciding what type of person you're going to be depending on who you talk to what towns you go to and like what kind of person you are with the person who you work for and you like get different points in different areas for behaving in different ways and i don't know whether any of that means anything because i haven't beaten the game yet but like just conversation styles in the game is so enjoyable and sometimes when you talk to people they give you a reward in some way and sometimes you talk to people and nothing happens happens except for a really entertaining conversation and it it is a game about two men because it's based on around the world in 80 days by jules verne which is like a real book that exists and is about two guys and i was like that's probably gonna suck but it has a woman writing the game and there's so many cool women that it you sounds meet boring. everywhere you go no it's awesome it's awesome what's it's, the name of this again it's called 80 days so it's about. I love that you have to point out that Around the World in the 80s was a real book that existed. I, well, I think that's fantastic. I people that's probably pretty true, that. though. You do have to tell people. So it's really well worth. Should I get the game, Maddie? Yes, I love it. I love it. Love it? I mean, do okay, you like resource management game. stuff? Because you have to figure out how to yeah. get around the world in 80 days and you can only do it via certain routes. So it's sort of like um, you have to decide whether you're going to take a train or an airship or a boat everywhere you go, but you only have a certain amount of money. And like you want to go to certain towns to sell certain items that you have for certain amounts of money. Like you have something and you're like, this is going to cost such and such if I sell it in tehran but it's going to cost nothing if i sell it in paris so i need to get all the way to tehran and i have to plan my route so that i go through tehran but maybe i can't afford to and um obviously you have to do it in less than 80 days so the game has a set end point and right now i'm like broke and stranded in india and i'm probably never going to make it to the end of the game but (laughs) the different things that happen to you like you lose money and then you can't sleep in a hotel and like you meet homeless people and like it's just it's so cool and like there's so much historical research that has been done and infused with like the sort of steampunk aesthetic because there's airships and like robots and stuff in the game but it also takes place in victorian times so like there's this juxtaposition of these fantastical robotic elements with real life historical elements where like you meet proletariats who are like passing out pamphlets and stuff and like all other like historical i don't know it's so freaking cool it's like everything i like about games and it's i can't even believe that they're doing it and it's also really 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 freaking hard which is something that i like from time to time so oh, okay yeah. that, i'm wow. getting it i'm gonna try out this game yeah i love i love the feeling of storage and management i love that feeling it kind of gives me a a real primal thought of like camping and you have to gather more resources and don't let yourself lose them. Advice from me is like, be careful with your money and like, be careful about waiting for banks. I don't know how else to describe it, but the banks are on a timer basically. And you have to just make sure not to leave until you get the money that you said you'd get. I don't know. I messed that up once and I felt like such an idiot, but (laughs) it's kind of complicated. There's a lot of like different timers ticking down all the time that you have to keep track of because, you know, resource management. That's how it is. It's awesome. But mostly, it's so me. well written. I love this woman's writing. I'm going to... Okay. I don't remember her name. I can't remember the, the last time that you've gushed about a game like I this. really liked it. I played it wow. like all the way up until this show, and I had to stop wow. playing it to talk to you guys. I, I'm okay. probably never going to beat it because it's too hard, and I don't know how to... 
I'm stuck. But if you love a game and it's really hard, but you love <laughs> playing it, you know the game's really good. Yes. Yes. See, that's the cool you guys part. are all going to hate it and it's going to be embarrassing, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I really, really like it. And also, um, Steve Gaynor is one of the people I think who keeps tweeting about this game. So if that recommendation means anything to our listeners, that's a person who really likes the game too. I'm not crazy. Other people like it. No, I've heard a lot of people talk, <laughs> saying a lot of good things about this. Well, I never know with you guys. And I'm pretty sure I remember our friends at Unconsolable talking about this game a lot too. So, Yeah, cool. Meg Gianth is the writer. Charles A. Tan looked it up. Awesome. Let's get out of here. Oh, oh No, Steve has no, to talk. Steve. Steve has to talk. Steve, that was so cute. The little like, uh, okay. I'm sorry, Steve. I forgot about you. <laughs> That's talk. okay. Uh, I've been playing this game on my Vita called Counter Spy. Uh-huh, it's, I've um, heard of this. Counter Spy. Yeah. Uh. It's one of the free games for PlayStation Plus this month. Because huh. I ended up spending most of my games budget for the month at month pack, so I've been playing stuff that's in my backlog. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it's, uh, and I remember looking at it when it came out, and I wasn't, and it got some like mediocre reviews, so I passed on it, and I've been playing it, and I'm really actually, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, it's set in like the 50s and 60s during the Cold War, so the what they call the imperialists and the socialists have uh, nuclear missiles aimed at each other and you're an operative for like this shadowy third like non-affiliated spy agency who's trying to infiltrate both of them to try to disarm the uh the nuclear weapons so that they can't like completely destroy each other so you play this operative and it's like most of the game is is a side-scrolling stealth game kind of like mark of the ninja and so you're you're sneaking around these these missile silos and you're trying to um, take out all these guards and get through the level, both looking for um, safes where you can unlock uh, plans for for other weapons or plans for things um, bonuses that you can give yourself uh, to start the next mission or uh, launch codes. And the idea is that you want to cat you want to get all the launch codes before um, before a nuclear disaster happens. And mm. uh, what's interesting is that. Instead of having lives, each one of the factions has a DEFCON level. So every time that you lose a life or if you they like catch you and they catch you on camera, then the DEFCON level increases. And once the DEFCON level gets to zero, then that's when the, they're about to launch the, the weapons and you have to run to the end of the level to disarm the computer before the game ends. Wow. And and so it's mostly um, side scrolling, though. There are also some areas where you go undercover and it becomes like a cover shooter. And but you can also kind of stealthily like hit people with tranquilizer darts or you can take them out with a silent shotgun. And and, you know, if you take them out, then they don't they won't alarm the rest of everybody. I it's it's kind of a simple game. There's not a whole lot going on there once you get into it. Like it's not super deep, but I'm I ended up like playing it for like three straight hours on sat on Sunday afternoon. Are there and any orcs? There are no orcs. There are communists. <laughs> communists are kind of like orcs. <laughs> I don't know. No, they're not. Not really. No, they're not. <laughs> but oh, man. I, I don't know. All it's, our socialist listeners are going to be really mad at us. I don't us mean now. to offend all of our commie pinko listeners, but um, but yeah. So it, I mean, for free, it's you know, if you have PlayStation Plus, it's worth downloading and playing. Especially, it's a good game on the Vita, which you know by itself. And I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know that, you know, the reviews kind of swore me off and I'm kind of sad because I would have liked to have played it when it first came out. But I think it's great and it's worth, you know, worth your time. Hmm. So, Fantastic. Um, 
Um, oh, so Georgia, you want to talk about your your other appearances in housekeeping really quick before we uh, before we get out of here? Yes, um, I uh, did a really fun uh, total party kill, and we played some D and D, which was a lot of fun. And then I was also on Creative Chaos, which was a really fun podcast. We talked a lot about um, with Tammy and Felipe. We Philip, uh, we we uh, talked a lot about isometric, and you know everyone was mentioned and how fabulous everyone is. So don't worry, guys. I lied. And awesome. Uh, wow. <laughs> so if we want to hear some compliments, we could listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sweet. If you're having a rough day, you can, you can listen. <laughs> okay. If you're not having a rough day, then just, you know. Bask. Bask in it. Just bask yeah. in we'll, the glory. We'll go stub our toes on purpose so we can go listen to it. Yeah. Aww. So, um, as always, you can uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. That's also going to help us out a lot while we, uh, while we make our oh, transition yeah, over. So, Send us some reviews, please. Yeah, so all the good reviews you can leave for us help us out a ton. Um, you can also... Uh, you can visit the show notes uh, for this show and every show at 5x5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send us feedback via email. We've gotten a, a couple of really, really touching emails this week that we really appreciate. So you can send those to feedback at isometricshow.com. And uh, you can also follow uh, all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at isometricshow. I am at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you other than in Disney World? <laughs> Uh, the Twitter machine. Uh, yes, uh, Space Cat Gal. And Maddie? I'm at Samus Clone. And Georgia? At Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Dow, crack a lack of